wow, Susan's already sitting. Wow. She loves you, Susan. You know I do. Good morning, church. Uh, we welcome you to Groveport United Methodist Church. My name is Jeannie Hinkle and a very dear friend of Susan Stauffer, so I'm only picking at her because I love her so, and I will be your worship guide this morning. I do have a couple of announcements. Um, Susie Butch asked me to announce that the Groveport Food Pantry is going to need a volunteer to answer the phone and pull voicemail messages and schedule families for pickup for March 18th through the 21st. Training will be provided. If anyone is interested, please contact Susie Butch, raise your hand, Susie, or Andrew Nimley. We will uh, we'll be having a ministry table meeting on Saturday, February 3rd at 9 a.m. We are having the uh, Super Sunday on February 11th after church. Our soup potluck, watch for your emails for Sign Up Genius. Or if you have any questions at all, contact Jen Hurdle. Uh, our Ash Wednesday service will be at the church on February 14th at 7 p.m. We are having a Lenten Bible study that uh, is going to begin on Thursday, February 15th at 6.30. And that will continue each Thursday evening through the Lenten season. There will be a celebration of life for Ron Coakley. And that's Patty Opperman's brother who passed recently. So the celebration of life is going to be on Saturday, February 3rd from 1 to 3 p.m. and refer to the bulletin for more details on that. Uh, anyone interested in applying for a college scholarship, please contact the church office for an application, which is due by April 15th. There is a note in here that there's going to be a missions committee meeting, but it is going to be rescheduled. So don't put that on your calendar for that day. Um, collection for the homeless, we're collecting socks, hats, and gloves for the homeless. Donations can be placed in the tote at the rear of the sanctuary. Another blessing box reminder that uh, we are collecting non-perishable food and books for the blessing box. Jan Edwards and family have a taken, kind of taken over the responsibility of that. So they're keeping a close eye on that. And she also asked me to mention that non-perishable is not just food. Um, People need um, toilet paper and paper towels and things like that as well. So anything that you want to contribute, please, um, it is welcome. Just a reminder, a reminder on your attendance bulletin inserts, please record your attendance on the blue inserts um, that were in your bulletin. I think that's all the announcements. With that, uh, let us join together in the breakthrough prayer. Amazing God, we pray that through the Holy Spirit, your preferred future for Groveport United Methodist Church will be made clear to us. Give us the courage we need to follow you wherever you may take us. We ask that you bind us together in love so that we can bring the good news of Jesus Christ to our friends, families, and community. Open our eyes so that we may see the amazing things you are already doing among us. Amen. And now if you would please quiet your hearts for the prelude and the lighting of candles.
at opening him this morning that I was sure I knew. And I was sure everybody else knew it. And I was surely wrong. So we are changing things up. You will not have PowerPoint for the opening him. You're going to have to take your hymnals out. Go back to the school. And you're going to open your hymnals to page 370. And I picked one you all love, so maybe don't forgive me for picking one you didn't know. We will do that eventually. But let's all stand this morning as you're able. We're going to sing Victory in Jesus. We're going to go in a few minutes and take a bunch of place because they're not used to this.
many people that were not even not looking, even at, looking their at their animals. animals. It was no. wonderful. Good choice. Not to mention it's Gary Hinkle's it's Gary favorite Hinkle's of all time. So. <laughs> all right. If you would, let us read responsibly the call to worship. The King of Kings is raised in glory. Christ sits on the throne at the right hand of God. Come, let us worship and bow down to the Lord, our Creator. Let us offer praise to Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. today comes from Isaiah 52, verses 13 through 53, and then verse 12. See, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. Just as there were many who were appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being, and his form marred beyond human likeness. So he will sprinkle many nations, and kings will shut their mouths because of him. For what they were not told, they will see. And what they have not heard, they will understand. Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had to beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, <clears throat> stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, 
and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Let us read together now the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. together as the body of Christ and share together our joys and concerns as, as well as, as bring them to the Lord. I would invite you now to be in a time of prayer and reflection.
Lord in this time of prayer. I'd like to remind you that if you feel led by the Spirit, you may come forward and, and kneel at the prayer rail and, and someone will, will be there to pray for you and with you. If you have a prayer concern that you would like to share, you can fill out a blue prayer request card that is located there in your bulletin. Anytime during the week, you can email us at prayer at groveportumc.org. You can also call the church office and, and either talk to Nancy or, or leave a message. And finally, you can always drop us a letter. But however you do it, know that you will be prayed for and that God is listening. Let us now go to him in this time of prayer. Gracious and holy God, it is not an easy time to be the church. But in truth, it has never been easy to be the church. You have set us apart to respond to our enemies with love, not hate. To desire mercy and justice rather than power and wealth. To align ourselves with the marginalized, the ostracized, the powerless and the downtrodden of our society and our world. You have called us to be a beacon of peace in the midst of war, to offer hope in the face of despair, disillusionment, and disgrace. You have given us the profound privilege and responsibility of showing the world the person of Jesus Christ through our words, deeds, and attitudes. Strengthen us, we pray, for this great call and mission. Make us worthy to be your messengers. And where our faithfulness fails us, we pray for your mercy and grace. As we gather together on this day, we know of certain circumstances and individuals which weigh heavy upon our hearts. You have told us to give our concerns and burdens over to you. So in the name of Christ, we raise the following concerns and individuals to you for your care. Lord, we pray this day for those who are grieving loved ones. We remember the Babbert family who lost Shirley this week. We also lift up Patty, who, who lost her nephew Floyd, as, as well as the families of Rex Stevens and Missy Howard Sharp, who have both passed away recently. Lord, allow your love to surround each of these persons who are grieving this day. Lord, in your mercy. 
Lord, we lift to you Alex, who was at Children's Hospital awaiting a heart transplant. Lord, in your mercy, we lift up those who are fighting cancer. We especially remember this day, Becky and Tom and Joyce, Bobby and Jack, Doris and Susan, Lori. Allow your healing hand to be upon each of them. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we also ask for your healing hand to rest upon those who have recently been ill or had medical procedures. We ask for your care to be upon Mike's grandmother and upon Lori and Steve, Ray and Donna, Ron and Cynthia and Owen. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we humbly ask for your presence to surround those in hospice care, as well as those who are caring for them. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we, we raise to you those who are going through different transitions in life. We pray for comfort during what is sometimes a confusing time. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we thank you for all that you do. But most especially, we thank you for your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now is the time in which we can return to the Lord just a small portion of the many blessings we have received. We can, of course, give to the Lord in, in many different ways. Of course, if you're here, you can use the offering plates, which will be passed momentarily. You can also go to our website and just follow the links and give there. Uh, if you have the Ezekiel app, you can also give that way as well. Uh, if you're watching at home, uh, you can also, uh, besides giving on our website, you can also give by sending a check to the church, and the address should be there on your screen. I'd like to ask the ushers to come forward now as we return to the Lord a portion of his blessings.
gave us the gift of yourself. Now we offer these gifts to you, asking that you bless them and use them to share your kingdom with all. In your name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. And would the children like to come up for our children's time? How's everyone doing? Good to see everyone. Okay, I have got a big question for you. This statue has somehow made it into my office. <laughs> it's been migrating around the church for a while. I won't uh, name any names of people who I've seen use it, but I do have some photographic evidence that we may talk about later. But before that, when I ask you guys, do you know who this is? Jonathan. Oh. You are 100% correct. I don't know because I, I was sure none of them would know. You are 100% correct. That is John F. Kennedy. Did any of the rest of you know who that was? No? Okay. We'll go with that. <laughs> Somebody's been paying attention in school. Isn't that awesome? Oh, my goodness. I'm so impressed because there's a, trust me, there, there are some adults who don't even know who that is. So, um, all right. Who is this? All right. Who is this? Jesus! Oh, Jesus! Who's this? Jesus! Who is this, everyone? Jesus! All right. Now, who knows what John F. Kennedy did? You can't answer because I know you know. Anybody else? What do you think John F. Kennedy did? He, he was coming into the, well, yeah, the statue did come into the church. Any idea why, why somebody would make a statue of somebody? Angels do come into church. Very good. Who is he? know which president all right good job all right someone who used to teach social studies I am like super happy right now oh drop my microphone 
All right, so Kennedy was the president. What did Jesus do? Robert, what do you think? You're right. He was a carpenter. What else did he do besides being a carpenter? He taught people about God? Very good. What else did Jesus do? He taught people about God. He was a carpenter, so he, he could build things. Something else super important that we're going to be talking about here in a little bit. What else did Jesus do? Any idea? Yeah. He was a king. Very good. We call him the king of kings. It just came up in your mind. Sometimes... I've had whole sermons come that way. <laughs> Jesus also, he died for our sins on the cross. That's why we have a cross. Because when Jesus died on the cross, he took all of the bad things we do. And, and, and after he died on the cross, all of the bad things we do can be forgiven through him. And then he, he rose from the dead on Easter morning. And because of that, we know that we can be forgiven for whatever we do. And we can live forever with God. Isn't that pretty awesome? That's pretty awesome. So while being president would be pretty awesome, Jesus is a whole lot more awesome. Right? All right. So just remember that Jesus is a pretty awesome guy. And that because of Jesus... God forgives you, and you can be with him forever. Okay. All right, let's pray. Lord, we remember Jesus, not just as a great carpenter and a wonderful teacher, but also as our Lord and Savior. Lord, help each of us, but especially these young people, to know that Jesus died for them and that Jesus' love is for them. Thank you for blessing us with each and every one of these uh, uh, children this day. Amen. All right, you guys can head off to junior church if you want. He was a what? Oh, no. <laughs> Our second scripture reading today comes from John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Let us pray. Lord, as your scriptures are read and proclaimed this day, we ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, 
that our hearts, our minds, and our very lives may be transformed by your holy word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So you already know what we're going to be talking about here this morning, because I already talked about the uh, talked about a little bit with the kids. But just to uh, sort of clarify things for us, who knows who this guy is on the screen behind me? Woohoo! All right. Who knows who this guy is? Who here thinks this is a guy by the name of Jesus? Raise your hand. Anybody going to raise your hand? All right. Do you think that's Jesus? All right. No, that is not Jesus. Kelly, would you like to tell us who that is? That is Obi-Wan Kenobi from, from Star Wars. Yes, yes, uh, that, that is Obi-Wan Kenobi. And uh, each Christmas for the last few Christmases, this is a meme that goes around on social media, and it says, don't forget what Christmas is really all about. And I can't tell you over the years how many church people have sent this to me thinking that was Jesus. It's not Jesus. It's not Jesus. See, we sometimes think we know who Jesus is, don't we? Yet, do we really? Do we really know what Jesus did? And more importantly, do we really know why Jesus is important to us and why Jesus is important to our lives? Well, that's what we're going to be looking at today. We've been sharing together over the past few weeks the Apostles' Creed. And last week we talked about God the Father. Today we are going to be talking about Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. Now when you talk about Jesus and do you believe in Jesus, a lot of people... Well, they really do believe in Jesus. Uh, recently, a, a, a study called Jesus in America, uh, it was released just last year, and it was between, uh, the, it was a partnership between the Episcopal Church and the polling group uh, uh, IPSIS. Uh, and the research found that the majority of Americans believe that Jesus was an important spiritual figure. If you'll see there, you know, do you believe in the historical existence of Jesus Christ or Jesus of Nazareth? I mean, it's like 85 or like, yeah, what was it? 89% of Christians say yes. 76% of all Americans say yes, they believe in Jesus. Do you believe Jesus is an important religious figure? Uh, and 84% of people said yes. Even 50% of not religious people said Jesus as a figure is important. So Jesus clearly is well known in our society, but is he, or who is he, and, and, and why is he important? Well, 
first I think we need to get something cleared up, and that is this. Jesus does not have a last name. Christ is not Jesus' last name. <laughs> have any of you ever had anybody tell you this? I have. Why is Jesus' last name Christ? It's not. Christ is a title. It's from the Greek, Christos. It means anointed one. So when we say Jesus Christ, we're saying Jesus the anointed one or Jesus uh, the Messiah, the long-awaited Jewish Savior. We are told in the Gospel of John, which we uh, just read, that the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So what is the word of God? Well, sometimes you'll hear the word of God referred to as what? The Bible. Sometimes you'll hear the word of God referred to as Jesus. Just as we read in scripture just a few moments ago. That Jesus is the word of God. So what is the word of God? The word of God is God's message of love to us. It is the good news. It is God's message. It's his self-revelation to us, telling us as humans who he is, and more importantly, telling us about his love. So we learn about it in the Bible. But God's word, God's self-revelation, God's good news is most importantly seen not in the Bible, but in the person of Jesus. If you want to know what God is like, just look at Jesus. Look at how he lived. Look at who he helped. Look at what he taught. When you look at Jesus, you are looking at God. Something I always try to remember when I read the Bible is this. The Bible is the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. So if I'm reading the Bible and I interpret something in the Bible that would be contrary to something Jesus would do, then I'm doing something wrong. Because the Bible is never going to tell you to do something that is contrary to a teaching of Jesus, or how Jesus lived, or how Jesus taught. So always remember that. The Bible and Jesus both tell us about God. Jesus is the embodiment of the good news of God. That God loves us so much that he wants us to be with him forever. And he wants us to be free of the things we do that alienate us from him. Those things we call sin. And that is why Jesus came. And that is what Jesus is all about. So let's talk a little bit more about Jesus and, and, and believing in Jesus. So when I think about Jesus, there are really three things that I believe about Jesus. And I think um, 
the Apostles' Creed kind of backs this up as well, of course, as Scripture. So the first thing I believe about Jesus is that Jesus was a man. Jesus was human. Right? Jesus is just like you and me. So if we would, would, would get in a time machine, I always think of that old-timey time machine in the, the, the time machine movie from the 50s. You remember that one? You know, I always think of that. If you would get in there and you would, you know, in a time machine and you would go back uh, uh, to um, uh, like 25, 30 AD and you'd jump out there in Israel, you would be able to see Jesus. Now, some people might say, well, what proof do you have that Jesus even existed. There was no cameras, right? We don't have any pictures of Jesus. I mean, we have paintings and, and stuff like that, but nothing that was done by somebody that actually saw Jesus. How do we know that Jesus was a real person? Well, believe it or not, there is more historical evidence for the person of Jesus than a whole bunch of other historical figures that we just take for granted. For instance, did you know that there is more evidence that Jesus existed than the Greek philosopher Plato? Mm-hmm. And that goes true with uh, the Greek mathematician Pythagoras. Who here had to learn the, the Pythagorean theorem? Hmm? Anybody remember that? Yep. Yeah, well, there is actually a lot of contention among historians. Did Pythagoras actually exist? Or Confucius? Right? Or how about another Greek, Homer? There is so much more evidence for the person of Jesus. We have uh, uh, several uh, 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 historians who lived at that time who wrote about uh, Jesus, uh, who, who wrote about the Christians, who wrote about uh, the, uh, some of the things that, that we hear about in the Bible. So. There's, but most historians will agree that Jesus was a real person. Uh, and most of our information that we get about Jesus comes from the 27 books of the New Testament. Most of those books were written between the years of, mm, like, between like 50 and 95 AD. Uh, and if we look at certain gospels like Luke, beginning of Luke, uh, he tells us that there were several other sources, earlier sources of information about Jesus that he had gathered together and used in the writing of his gospel. So we can uh, pretty much rest assured that people had begun to share and to even write down the stories of Jesus uh, uh, not too long after they really occurred. So most of our information, unsurprisingly, comes from the Bible, if we want information about Jesus and many of those people who, who wrote those early writings, those early Christian writings about Jesus, were people who were eyewitnesses or people who were told from the eyewitnesses about what they had seen and heard. So real quick, uh, I, I, I think most of us probably know this information, but I always like to uh, just run through it super quick for everyone. Uh, Jesus was, of course, born uh, to a woman named Mary. 
Uh, he grew up in a town uh, in Israel called Nazareth. And Jesus had a, a three-year ministry before being arrested by the religious authorities and, and killed by the Romans. And the teachings of Jesus are among some of the, 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 the most profound words ever spoken. See, I really believe that even if you didn't believe in Jesus, you didn't even think Jesus existed. Or if you did, you just thought he was just a guy. But if you still lived your life according to the teachings of Jesus, you would have such a better life than if you didn't. That's how profound the teachings of Jesus are. If we put Jesus' teachings into effect in our lives, we will be able to be happier, to have stronger relationships, to have a better outlook on life. The teachings of Jesus are just some of the most profound words ever spoken. So the next thing I believe about Jesus is that Jesus is more than just a man. Jesus is more than just you and me. First off, the Bible tells us that Jesus was born to the Virgin Mary. And I did some research on this this week, and I found out that it is impossible for humans to, uh, uh, for their, uh, a virgin birth to occur among humans. But nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible for God. And so if I really think about it, to think if I am God of all creation and, and I can do whatever I want to have Jesus born to the Virgin Mary doesn't really seem like it's all that hard to do. So that's why I believe in the virgin birth. Uh, Jesus also performed many miracles. 37, to be exact, are recorded in the New Testament. Jesus performed 37 different miracles. And some of them are just astonishing. Like walking on water. Have any of you ever tried walking on water? Come on, I can't be the only kid who ever tried this. Right? Because you watch cartoons, and it's like if, if, if you just don't pay attention, you can do it, and then once you pay attention, you fall. I remember trying that. It doesn't work. And gravity is not always your friend. But Jesus did it. Also, Jesus taught, but didn't just teach like any old teacher. He taught with authority. Mark 1.22 says this, the people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who has authority, not as the teachers of the law. Jesus taught as the one who created the rules, not just interpreting them. See, Jesus, he's God's only son, our Lord, as we talked about last week, we believe God is the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, together as one throughout all eternity. So Jesus, he's not just a man. He is 
God incarnate among us. We call that the incarnation. We usually talk about the incarnation during Christmas time, right? That's what we're talking about. Jesus is God's presence with us. Jesus is the Son of God. See, so much of what Jesus did were things that only God could do, such as forgiving sins, raising people from the dead, like, like Lazarus. You know what? I've been around the church for a long time. But I've never seen anybody raise somebody from the dead. Jesus did. Why? Because he's greater than death. Jesus commanded the waves and the sea. Again, I've seen people do a lot of things in the world, but I've never seen anybody command the storms. Trust me, last time I had a thing outside and the storm was coming up, I tried. It didn't work. We all got wet. But Jesus could do it because Jesus wasn't just a person. Jesus, my friends, was both fully human and fully God. Now, some of you are probably saying, Pastor Rick, how can something be 100% of two different things? That makes 200%. That doesn't work. You got to have 50% of this and 50% of that. My answer to, to you is, I don't know, take it up with God. <laughs> we just know that God or Jesus is fully God and fully human. You know, when I think of, of Jesus, I think of something good old JFK said in his first, or during his inauguration. Ask not what you can do for your country, but what, or what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And, and I, I think, think we should change that. We should say, we should ask not what Jesus can do for us, but what we can do for Jesus. See, sometimes we get so wrapped up in asking Jesus for things that we forget about asking Jesus what we can do, how we can help how we can help to make the kingdom of earth right here. And finally, I believe that Jesus died and rose again. Jesus was, of course, crucified under uh, Pontius Pilate sometime around AD 30. Uh, he was hastily buried in a borrowed tomb that, that had a, a large stone that was rolled over the mouth of the tomb. And then early on Sunday morning, some of the women who followed Jesus returned to the tomb, and they found the stone had been rolled away. The grave was open. His body was gone. And soon Jesus began appearing to his disciples and to others. Jesus ate and he talked with his followers after his death. My friends, there is no doubt. There was no doubt among his followers. There was no doubt among the early Christians, many who gave up everything they had to follow Jesus. There was no doubt in any of their minds that Jesus rose from the dead. 
And there was no doubt in my mind either. My friends, not only did Jesus die for our sins on the cross, but that he then rose again three days later to give us the hope of everlasting life. My friends, this is why Jesus is so important. This is why Jesus is important to me, and I hope and pray this is why Jesus is important to you. But knowing who Jesus is, knowing what Jesus did, it leaves us with one important question, and that is this. How are my beliefs about Jesus going to impact the way that I live, the way that I treat others, my view of the future? You see, believing in Jesus is more than just understanding who Jesus is. It is making Jesus a part of your life and living a life according to your belief in him. How are you going to live differently because Jesus lives? That's the question for us to ponder as we leave here this day. Let us pray. Lord, we believe that you were a person just like us, that you are the Son, that you are our Savior and Lord, and that you died for our sins and rose again three days later. Lord, help us to live lives that are remarkably different because of our beliefs in you. Help us to treat others the way you would treat them. Help us to live the way you live. Help us not to fear the future, but to look forward to the coming kingdom. Thank you for giving us hope in this sometimes dark world. And all of this we pray in your name. I invite you now to stand and let's join together in our closing hymn, number 77.
Let us go with Christ in our hearts, with Christ on our lips, with Christ in our actions. Amen.